point is, the end result is the same. Duty calls. I have searched the world over before you. That is so cool. You guys all just have this really tight bond. Just call me the computer whisperer. He seemed so nice and normal. You don't want to come back to my place? That smell makes me nauseous. I thought it was going to be a slow night. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Can we go now? <laughs> We're just making sound effects with our mouths today like five-year-olds. And you didn't prep your wine bottle, so... Come on, into the uh, into the hangar with the airplane. <laughs> this is me feeding alcohol to Rex. Oh, oh, oh. By hand. Oh. There we go. The theme of today is unpreparedness. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by the letter U. Yes. <laughs> As in, go fuck so, yourself. Uh, we did not get beer for today's episode of Beer with Buffy. You know... Sometimes you just fail the main premise of your show. Sometimes you just go to the doctor and get a blood board and find out that you have horribly high cholesterol. So I'm going to be back on a red wine kick for a while because apparently all other alcohol makes your cholesterol go up, or at least beer does anyway. Oh. Well, uh, that... Red wine, still good for you, though. Welcome to mid to late 30s. <laughs> Hey, there you oh, go. Oh, that would have been great if I'd had it next to the fucking mic. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> anyway, so today I'm drinking Witch's Brew, which we've talked about before. Yes. It's, uh... It tastes like cloves and rat shit. Yeah. That's right, yeah. And I am drinking uh, Glen Levitt 12-year-old. Yeah, I should bring over my Glen Meringue, and we should each drink that at the same time. And then we should drink each other's at the same time. Each other's alcohol. Just... Yeah, that's what I'm I I'm leaving less space for, you know, the inappropriateness. Less space for inappropriateness? <laughs> I'll have you know <laughs> that our entire internet base is based upon my inappropriateness. I mean, you're probably not wrong, but it also... Uh, is based on us doing a show that you should uh, start by introducing. I, I have reviews to prove it. You should start by saying the normal oh, open shit. to our show. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to Beer with Buffy, everybody. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. <laughs> and on uh, today's episode of Beer with Buffy, we're going to be reviewing Season 5, Episode 10, Into the Woods. <laughs> So besides Witch's Brew, I also found it notable that I am drinking a matcha tea that tastes like seaweed. Oh, it doesn't taste like seaweed. Yes, it does. I, uh... I don't like it. Here, you want a sip? <laughs> I know. I've had their matcha. I mean, everybody that we know has COVID anyway, so like we probably had COVID again I, and just didn't Dude, matcha does it. not go with scotch. Uh, no, I'm not. Matcha, mixed... matcha would go great with fish, though. <laughs> I mean, yes. I googled you know, it. I'm not the only one that thinks it tastes like dude, seaweed. It's Japanese. Of course it goes great with fish. <laughs> like, that's their entire fucking cuisine base. What are you saying about the Japanese, Rex? That they're a fisherman nation. Oh. Like, you That know. sounds appropriate. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna let it go then. <laughs> Lest I make myself sound so today on Beer with Buffy. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, what else? Other business. Um, well, other news. Other businesses. We have uh, Patreon supporters that make this show possible, and uh, I'm gonna read them off. That's weird. 
So our, or as Josh likes to say, our list of executive doodle doos. Doodle doo. Cubby the Seal, Mr. Tabalicious, Sandra Craig, Jay Sommer, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V-Man, Catrick J. Fur, Scarlett Choi, C is for Cordelia Heaps, Andy Burgess. Oh, they haven't changed it again. They yet. haven't yet changed it. Andy Burgess, K. Fronome, Father DeFenestrato, Methuen DeBurr, Kelly McAdams. I know I I know it's McAdams. It used but, to be McAdams, now it's just yeah. MC. What are you going to yeah. do? Kelly, Kelly MC and Carrie Phillips, thank you all so much. Without you, this show literally isn't possible. And uh, before we continue on, I, I have a question to our listeners, actually. I want to expand our Patreon. Not Not... He wants more money, everybody. Well, I mean, yeah, that would be nice, <laughs> but like, that's not really the point. I, I want... I want the Patreon to be more for our supporters. I'm just as confused as the rest of you right now. I, we didn't talk about this beforehand. No, I, Unpreparedness, brought to you by the letter U. Yes, I just, I want to have more interaction, more point. The supporters we have, you're awesome. Literally, we cannot do this show without you. That's awesome. But Literally. I want more for you, for your support. But I don't know... What the hell to produce? We we've talked about like having specifically merch available or or things like that as far as perks, mm. and I don't really like that idea because the whole monthly subscription thing to a shirt doesn't make sense you to know, me. I've it, heard it, that we can make it so that people aren't paying monthly; they can pay per episode. We should look into that for starters. That, but, and that's but a possibility, but. Mostly, I mainly want to reach out to all our listeners, supporters or otherwise, open for ideas. What would you like to see on our Patreon that would encourage you to either start supporting or continue supporting? Do you want us to do kind of a live stream Q&A? That would be a, a blast, I think. You know, do you want to do some interactive thing? I don't know. Just throw ideas at us. I'd like to make it a better deal for the supporters we have and a better deal for future supporters. Throw them at us via email, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com or on Twitter at beerwithbuffy or on Facebook through our Facebook group. And hey, if you're a Patreon supporter, you can message us through Patreon too. One idea that comes to my head uh, is we could, if you're into this, but I don't know that most people are, you know, the whole point of podcasts is listening to them, but we could just do every episode over a Zoom call so that you can watch us. And then it's a video podcast as well. But then it's it's harder because I'm not going to edit that the same way that I edit the exactly. audio. Exactly. And, and that's always been something that we've we've thought about doing actual video recordings of our recording sessions. And we did that with our interview with Harry Groner. Yeah. The difference here is the hour-long interview with Harry Groner didn't need any fucking editing. Because that man is a <laughs> consummate professional. But the amount of editing that goes into our episodes is a lot. Staggering. Mostly because uh, I am very much not a professional. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Throw ideas at us. Get, get us some ideas of what you'd love to see on our Patreon. And you know we will start putting some more things available. This is for you guys. This is for our listeners. 
We want you to have your money's worth. Speaking of people on our Patreon list, we have a couple new iTunes reviews. We do, finally. I've been waiting months. I love reading iTunes reviews. It makes gotta, my eagle... My, my eagle? Yes, it makes my eagle horny. No, it makes my ego blow up like uh, one of those spiny uh, pufferfish things. And it also means that we got some stickers to send out, and we have... Uh, Someone who someone's gonna get that hoodie, yeah. Damn, finally. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna do that next episode. In just keeping with the theme here, we're gonna keep going with the unpreparedness theme. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna read these reviews, and you've got one more episode to join us uh, and get into that contest to have a chance to win a free hoodie. Also, I have to figure out a way to filter out people that have won before and uh, people that have left reviews but don't qualify to win the hoodie, like uh, me, for instance. Right. <laughs> uh, our old composer, for instance. He's not getting a hoodie. Fuck that guy. I mean, he's okay, but he's not getting a hoodie. Uh, that'd be weird. More importantly, though, if you have left a review on our podcast and you want to be in the running for the hoodie... You need. You might need to get a hold of us so that we have some sort of contact info for you. Write down the wordy words. You got to actually write a review, and you actually got to put a name that kind of sort of makes sense in there as your username. If you aren't part of our Facebook group and you are not a Patreon supporter, but you have left us a review and you want to be in the running for the hoodie, we need information from you. Get a hold of us somehow. Email, voicemail, text message. We'll work out the deets next week. For now, our next iTunes review. The title is Smooth, Flavorful, and Delicious. And I'm not talking about the beer. That's all just the title. Five-star review by your least fave camp counselor. I wonder who that could be. I'm actually kind of serious. I, I'm not 100% sure that that's who I think it is. <laughs> it's probably Lauren Jewell, but I'm not positive. From Camp Creep. From Camp Creep Podcast, yes. yes. So the review reads, As a lifelong Buffy and Angel fan, I find Josh and Rex's recaps and hot takes on each episode refreshing and entertaining. Their quirky sense of humor, natural comedic timing, and chemistry as a duo shine through in each episode. I give them two severed thumbs up. Yeah, that's Lauren. <laughs> uh, yes, our hot takes on a... Over 20-year-old TV show. Hot takes like pancakes, <laughs> motherfuckers. Selling like, like hot cakes. fucking Arctic takes. Arctic. <laughs> Sub-zero. I see what you did there. Uh, test your might. <laughs> anyway. Next review. The most recent is titled, Duh! Best Puffy Podcast. <laughs> by Cubby the Seal. Uh, when I first read that name... I honestly thought it said Clubby the Seal. And I was like, huh, that name is highly inappropriate. It is. But it's not. It's just Cubby the Seal. And I am the one that is highly inappropriate. Well, we knew that. And so does Cubby the Seal. Cubby the Seal knows me so damn well. Listen to this shit. Is this the best of the Buffy podcasts? That is an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked me that. And the answer is... Yes. <laughs> With their parental synopses, plot hole emporium, and highly inappropriate content, Rex and Josh will fill your holes with their plots. And probably anything else they have lying around. Do you, 
Do you want to hear the theme tune to Angel Meowed Out? <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Crack open a beer and strap in. Wee! <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Way to encapsulate every ongoing fucking joke we got. A lot of them, anyway. <laughs> the only one off the top of my head that they that I think they left out was like you guys and the synopsis. We're totally doing That's a podcast. It. They did mention it though. Yeah, we haven't we haven't heard Shaggy in a while. Actually, it's been a minute. Or a plot hole emporium. Now that I think of it, I know it has also been a minute. A minute. I I imagine the next plot hole emporium will come with an angel episode. Just saying. That is an interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for your reviews. You are awesome. We love you. Were those both five star reviews? Those were both five star reviews. Oh, Fun God, f- that that just. <sighs> That makes my heart go pitter-patter in a way that maybe I should call a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) That's called angina. Fuck. Uh, (laughs) You're right. You should get that checked out. (laughs) No, we we do actually have four... No, we have five four-star reviews. Oh, we do. Just in total, just looking at the chart here. So we still love you. But we're judging oh, yeah. you. Uh, review us honestly, please. I like right. It makes it look fake if we have all five star reviews. That's like, fucked. I mean, if you honestly think we're a three star podcast, but still want to review us, fucking please do. I want a high review number, and I want a lot of stars and like a high star rating. That's awesome. But I want honest reviews. If we get a three star rating now, I'm gonna shave your head while you're sleeping. Um, good luck with that. I'm an exceptionally light sleeper, and there's no way you're walking through that door without me waking up. Challenge accepted. You have a gate and a door to get through without me waking up. Good luck. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I've played quite an awful lot of stealth games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gameplay definitely translates into real world skills. It sure does. Just like Wii Bowling. <laughs> To be fair, that's a little better than like no, like a normal controller game. See, I knew that would get you to agree with me. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, I guess it's synopsis time, right? It sure is, buddy. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, just busy being emotionally numb, yet having a surprising amount of empathy for television characters. What's that supposed to mean? Shouldn't you be busy groveling to one of your exes to make her stay? Because you're clearly an ungrateful loser, even though they're the ones who are completely incapable of taking care of you and somehow making it your fault that you wouldn't let them, which is really just a sign of how incompatible you are? Well, it's funny you should mention that, Mom, because that's the stupidest thing I ever fucking heard. Well, I heard it from this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, from Xander and Riley. Oh, my precious babies. (laughs) They're such nice guys. You got that right. (laughs) They sure are nice guys. Wait, wait. You actually paid attention to the episode, but, but you always miss things and then ask me nonsensical questions that you would know the answer to if you had just been paying a modicum of attention. Well, people change, Joshua. Maybe you should give your mother the benefit of the doubt sometimes. <laughs> well, you did have disturbingly quick reflexes at disposing of my father's body immediately after I murdered him live on a podcast. 
Yes, it was a lovely Christmas patricide, <laughs> Joshua. Now tell me, where is Riley going? And why is Buffy so upset? I'm sure he's just getting some groceries or something. He likes to be all flashy with his helicopters. What was all that stuff about relationships? I thought you'd... Hmm? Oh, for fuck's sake. So today on Buffy the Vampire Slayer... The Scooby gang is overjoyed with the news that Joyce's surgery was a resounding success. Buffy and Riley celebrate with some raucous sex, but that just isn't enough for old Riley. Spike follows him off to the creepy vampire crack house and tips off Buffy that Riley's been juicing his veins for jollies. Buffy flips out. Riley flips out. The vampires flip out. Everybody flips out. Okay, actually, the Scooby gang as a whole is pretty all right. Except for Anya. She flips out, but for completely unrelated shenanigans. Riley also gets an invite to go join the army again. And gosh dang it, he just needs to feel needed because that's perfectly healthy and definitely Buffy's fault. But hey, I'm a completely nonpartisan bystander here, which is more than I can say for Xander. So strap in, strap down, and strap on as we completely, without bias, lay out the details of this completely reasonable two-sided story of sordid drama that is about to unfold. Oh, by the way, Riley fucks off even though Buffy tries to stop him, but he can't hear her over the rotor wash. The end. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 Competition is a beautiful thing. Oh, I did not know that that was called rotor wash. Yeah. Well, it really, the wind is called the rotor wash, but, eh, whatever. I mean, the noise is The noise is part of the rotor yeah, wash as well, yeah. I guess that's... Is that something you learned because your brother flew helicopters? No, I originally learned that from uh, being a level designer for Half-Life 2. Oh. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I am not a Valve software <laughs> level designer, but I did do a lot of modding shit with the Source engine. Anyway... Cold open. Uh, we open where we left off. At the cliffhanger. Yay. The moment where Joyce was being carted off to have stabby things happen in her brain. Oh, thank God. She needed something stabbed into her brain. <laughs> I mean, she kind of really did. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was a whole tumor there and everything. Wow, I almost went full Stewie on that one. <laughs> <laughs> never go full Stewie. <laughs> you never go full Stewie. <laughs> I don't know. She really needed something stabbed into her brain, didn't you think, Brian? Damn, that was actually really good. <laughs> Wait, say that again. Cool whip. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. No. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton, yes. God, you do that way better than I do. I've Mostly been... because I fucking hate you for it. I've been doing it for a long time. Giggity. Yeah, so... Uh, it opens up where we see Buffy and Dawn and Riley. Waiting and in the waiting room like the sheeple they are. Yep. And uh, they're w obviously waiting for Joyce. And then we also quickly learn that uh, Giles, Willow, and Xander are also there. There's uh, boredom and sadness. That's, right. That's all there is in this room. Why boredom they, and sadness. Why do they have to sit around in the fucking waiting room like this? I don't get it. You know, I shake that shit up a bit. Start an illegal underground casino. Or 
pull a terminal, find a closed off wing with unfinished <laughs> renovations and use whatever supplies are laying around, finish those renovations until they have to hire you and then quit. <laughs> okay, third idea. Third idea. Put googly eyes on everything until you've legitimately committed a crime by doing so, but then don't stop until they force you to. I bet they'll be too busy laughing to arrest you. I've been planning for a long time to buy a giant thing of googly eyes, and I really need to get on that. Right. And um, then you put googly eyes on the cuffs, <laughs> and they go, how the fuck did you even do that? Well, that's something I'm going to have to like practice. And then they pull out the keys, and the keys have googly eyes on them, and they go, god damn it, you're good. I need to get myself some handcuffs to practice putting googly eyes on handcuffs while yes, wearing them. You do. This could not pose any negative repercussions. None whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, they're sitting there waiting. Uh, yeah, so you could do all that, or you can do what Dawn <sighs> does and take a nap in Buffy's lap while she strokes your hairline gently. I mean, that sounds lovely. Don't get me started, boss. <laughs> no, so, you know... Obviously, Buffy's a little bit impatient and wanting to know what's going on. And, you know, Riley brings up a good point. Like, it would be bad if they, like, came out five minutes later and was like, oh, we're done. Yep. <laughs> uh, another hard day at the brain surgery factory. <laughs> Nothing we can do. Fuck you. What's Fuck on this TV? place about? <laughs> By the way, your mom's dead. Well, I mean, she's not dead, dead. You know, her heart's still pumping. <laughs> No, the, the doctor comes out and says, oh, the surgery went great. Here's her brain. See, <laughs> just hands it to to Buffy. It's like, this is what you wanted, right? <laughs> we, we made sure to pull her eyes out of the socket with the brain <laughs> so that maybe you can do something later when we have better technology. <laughs> no, I'm so annoyed, though, at the end of this scene the doctor's like walking down the hall and it wasn't enough that they have to, they have to fucking leave last episode on a cliffhanger. Then they had to leave the opening on the cliffhanger. Oh yeah. It's like, Oh, we, we guys, we did one cliffhanger. Let's do another one. How they, many cliffhangers can we do in an episode? <laughs> well, when you've got five to 10 minute commercial breaks, you can have as many cliffhangers as you want. Yeah. Luckily for us though, we don't have to watch fucking commercials. Because I pirated all this shit. Did I say pirated? I meant I watch it on Hulu, which I pay for. <laughs> That's not true at all. No. So anyway, yeah, they're all waiting in the waiting room. And then we see the doctor approaching as aforementioned. And the Scooby gang is a quiver with anticip. And then the opening sequence happens. Yes. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> hey, Joyce is fine. Doctor informs that they think they got all the tumor out and Joyce is in recovery and it was a complete success. I told you, Rex. I called it. Joyce is definitely going to pull through. She's going to be with us on the show straight up through season seven, episode 22. That woman's going to live a hundred years. Oh, yeah. She's going to live a hundred years. She'll be with us forever. I don't see any possible fallacy in those statements. No, there's none. None whatsoever. I'll drink to that. <laughs> you drink your 12-year-old scotch. I'll drink my five-minute-old wine. <laughs> it's probably at least three days old. With rat poop. <laughs> Actually, it's probably like six months old because it's a, it's a Halloween wine. So it's right. at least older than how long Halloween was ago. 
I don't know. Wine do- really doesn't take long to make at all. I think it's like a week or three weeks or something is the bare I've, minimum. I have no fucking clue. Doesn't really matter. Anyway, so everyone hugs everyone. Everyone except Xander and Giles, of course, who engage yeah. in the requisite 90s style homophobia. Yes. Good for you. Gotta them. have that toxic masculinity. Sure There's do. There's not enough of that in this episode. It's not a feminist <laughs> TV show if there isn't toxic masculinity to be feminist about. Right. Uh, see? See how that works? My favorite bit, though, is when Buffy nearly breaks the doctor in half by hugging him. Right? They really should have went with a joke where, like, she, like, put his spine back in place or something She's, like that. that. I was going to say the same fucking thing. They totally missed that opportunity. Yeah, they really he did. should have straightened up and gone, you fixed my back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, he just had to stand there with a stupid fucking look on his face. Yep. And we looked at her like a dog's asshole dragging across your grandmother's carpet. That's unnecessarily graphic. Oddly specific, I know. Also oddly specific. (laughs) I have no experience in this whatsoever. (laughs) Okay, next scene we go to is Xander's place. Don, Anya, and Xander are eating dinner, Chinese food. Oh my. Uh, Don does the like walrusy thing with the chopsticks. And tells us a cute little story how... She used to do that when she was little, er. Yeah. And Buffy would chase her around and go, I'm going to stake you. I'm going to stake you. Which rolls into my first quote of the day. Hey, quote of the day. My first quote of the day, Anya, listening intently to Dawn's story, looks over at her and says, that's disturbing. You're emotionally scarred and will end up badly. (laughs) (laughs) Just handing it over to her. Which is honestly... More empathy than I expect from Anya. Yeah, I mean, that is high-level empathy from Anya. It is. Like, definitely. (laughs) There's a lot of great lines in this entire scene, but uh, I I have a question for you, Josh. Yeah? So this is a... I I have answers, Rex. This is a very quotable episode. They're not good or correct, but they are answers. This is a very quotable episode. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I wrote a lot of quotes, like... Way more quotes than the last Angel episode we did. Uh huh. But my question I is: I was overwhelmed at the amount of things yeah, yeah. that I would like to say, but it's just too much. Right. And so here is my question: Is this a really quotable episode, or are we just a little bit used to the shittier writing of Angel? Because like the writing on Buffy is stronger than the writing on Angel. But, like, the last few episodes of Angel have been really not good. Mm-hmm. And, like, is does is this really a quotable episode, or are we just not really used to this quality of writing? Calling it anything quotable is implying that there's really good one-liners. This isn't one-liners. This is one-sceners. Well, yeah. They, yeah. they just have excellent interactions this whole episode. Well, not this whole episode, but several times... Yeah. This episode, there are super quippy, enjoyable, fun banters, and it's just, it just too much. We we can't sit here and read the whole scene back to you, right? Without fear like, of getting sued. <laughs> it is technically owned by Disney now, so. Oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like this whole fucking scene. There, there's. I wrote down several back and forths through this whole fucking scene. There's a lot of really good goddamn lines. See, I opted out of that just for the sake of uh, time, honestly, because there's just too much. 
So feel free to uh, pick out any one-liners that you want, but I just want to sum it up real quick. Yeah, go, go ahead and sum it up, and then I, I have I have two lines I do want to read. Yeah, so aside from Don uh, doing the, the walrus thing with yep. the chopsticks otherwise xander and anya are straining themselves to entertain dawn but then they end up straining themselves even more to convince dawn that her working theory of buffy and riley needing quality boinking time is false and then anya is disappointed now that she and xander apparently don't get to have loud sex while dawn is over yeah so and that basically goes into uh my two other lines to to read off are also anya lines because like this anya anya's good this is a heavy Anya episode. Yeah. Anya um, is better in this episode than Buffy and Riley. Yes. Uh, so the, Anya's second line in this scene that I wrote down that I loved. Um, after Xander's like, they just need to relax. They're not trying to bang each other. Anya holds onto his arm, looks over at Don and says, he's not very convincing, is he? <laughs> like the line isn't anything amazing, but the delivery was fucking perfect. Spot on. And then Don says, oh, no, it's fine. Alone time is sex time. I get it. They they want to have loud, obnoxious sex. And then the scene closes out with Anya going, does that mean we can't? <laughs> <laughs> and like, exactly, Anya. That means you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of references to sex in this episode. And there's sex. And some actual sex. <laughs> well, I mean, not actual sex, but... As close as it gets on this show, anyway. It clo as close as it gets on cable TV prime time. You see the humping. It's subtle, yeah. but hey, we're about yeah. to get there, and we can break it down in all of its glory. Well, this guy wants to fight with weapons. I've got it covered from A to Z, from axe to Z other axe. I'm fairly certain I said no interruptions. Cut to the humping. The humping. <laughs> well, first, a little romance and, and seduction and dancing first. Yeah, Buffy and Riley. Then the humping. Then the humping. <laughs> Absolutely. Like fucking bunnies. So uh, Buffy and Riley are sharing a moment of collective relief as they slow dance to some music. Riley is clearly disturbed that Buffy cried without him. The fucking harlot. But he doesn't say anything just yet. It's also very obvious that he doesn't know what the fuck's going on because he's like, oh, you've been so strong and stoic. And she's like, no, I was masking the whole fucking time and being the strong one for the fucking family. Like I'm supposed to do as the older sibling. Congratulations. You can't read me and don't understand me at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and but, then al but also like, no, that's exactly the fucking problem. It's like, no, he yeah. should have fucking known that that's exactly what she was doing. Well... To a degree, yes. Come on. If you knew Buffy for over a year and you don't get that about her character, you have no reason to be around her. I completely agree. I'm like, just saying on a general stance, communication is key. Well, yeah. But, you know, I'm sure we agree 99.9% .9 on most of this episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so anyway, they boink! They boink! To the boinking! <laughs> And while they boink, Spike likes to watch. The, yeah, I, yeah, I was getting there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I'll back up. You, uh, there, there is, there is a, an outside observer. I think mostly he's just listening. A darkness, because like he can't see the boinking hovering, but from the tree line, he's not even like 
really hiding either. He's just standing in front of her fucking house. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know exactly. Well, actually, no, we do know exactly who he is. Yes, yes. We literally have history books about him. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But he's, he's hanging out outside right directly in front of her house, looking up at the window, which tells me that he can hear them boinking. Oh, he can smell them boinking. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, he that primarily, that's why he's there. You know, he smelled it like eight miles away. Oh, Buffy and Riley are boinking. I, I should go check that out. Maybe they'll go, let me join. I'm going to go watch. I'm going <laughs> to whisper <laughs> tips. <laughs> and Riley's going to hear me, but he's not consciously going to know that that's what he's hearing. But then he's going to do it anyway. And it's more like I'm remotely having sex. With Buffy. <laughs> so this was really Spike's sex scene. He's Cyrano de Bergerac to that shit. <laughs> that was the scene they cut out. But I'm telling you, that's what happened. I talked to Joss Whedon himself, and he told me. Yeah. I don't think I want to talk to Joss Whedon. I think I'd slap him. Well, now I would. Yeah, no. But this was back before they canceled him. <laughs> and it wasn't taboo to say his name cut to a little later at night they do kind of a, a time transition and riley is sneaking out of the house and of course spike is still there he sees him leaving yeah and decides to follow him uh follows riley into town through a dark alley and to uh what we learn later is a vamp nest yeah he uh, he was pretty he was pretty sneaky about it yeah like, uh, I don't know, Rex. What was he sneaking like? I think it was pretty similar to... Uh, a raccoon. <laughs> he was sneaking like a raccoon. No, raccoons are loud as fuck. I know. You know it's something... he, he wasn't being very sneaky. It didn't take Spike any put on his to follow coat, him. Picked up his keys. <laughs> shook him a little bit. Rattled the door as he walked out. <laughs> Buffy's had a hard week. She's really tired. She's a deep sleeper. Had a little bit of an OCD attack. Had to lock it five times before he could leave. My point is, is like, it's not even like Spike is way far back. He's like walking 10 feet behind Riley. Maybe more like 20 feet, but not very. Oh, yeah. Spike's even less sneaky than Riley is at this point. Uh, Never mind the fact that he glows in the fucking dark. Have you seen his hair? <laughs> the only thing brighter than his hair is his skin. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> He's dead. He can't help it. <laughs> oh, my God. So. <laughs> D- did you want to say the line? He's sneaking like a snake, Rex. <laughs> there you go. He's this big old sneaky <laughs> snake. Can we move on And now? snakes are about as sneakity. As a raccoon as well. <laughs> they also glow in the dark because they're fabulous. <laughs> I'm a snack. Anyway. Can we move on now? I'll take sneakity snacks for 400, Trebek. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so he hooks his sneakity snack fangs into fucking army douchebag. Just follows him right up into his vampire fuck fest. No, it's a vampire suck fest. Suck fest, my bad. Oh, yeah, the fuck fest, that's a totally different script. But, you know, prudes got a hold of it and they made it what it is now. (laughs) Goddamn Puritans. So, uh... (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like you said, it follows him into an alleyway. CD back door. Vamp nest. Yeah, looks like a crack house. Don't forget that Spike purposefully stands under a chain link fence so that we can get some broody shadows on his face. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, he picked that up from Angel. Well, yeah. You don't hang out with Angel as long as he did and not pick up a few things about being broody. Right. Or at least mysterious. Exactly, exactly. He has to accentuate those rock star attributes somehow. I mean, he he has those, like, cut glass fucking cheekbones. Seriously, though. Yeah. I mean, it's why he's a TV star. (laughs) And we're podcast um, people. (laughs) 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 On the internet. I, the, the the word star oh. really doesn't factor into no, it. No, God, no. We are not stars. <laughs> with, with a fan base. We, you're our we fan do base. have a fan base. Yeah. We our, have a fan base. We can't even do polls anymore on fucking Twitter, can we? Otherwise, I'd say, uh, how about we do a poll over that and vote? I don't know. Do you think we're stars? I think, we, I think they still do polls. I don't know. I haven't been on Twitter in a while. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, it's a stupid question anyway. Yeah. Never mind. Moving along. Uh, next day at the hospital, uh, Joyce and Buffy are in Joyce's hospital room. They're talking about her hair because she, you know, they had to buzz a big chunk of her hair. Yeah. Honestly, she should just lean into it and go with the punkish under undercut. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't get popular for another like 10 years. Hey, you know, some, someone's got to start. The someone's got to start the trend. Damn someone's right. Start the trend. Why not Joyce? <laughs> he says with his own undercut. <laughs> this is an undercut. Oh, oh. You were referring to yourself. Yes. George is getting angry. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So, yeah, uh, Joyce implores Buffy to spend more time with her friends and Riley. <laughs> Buffy says something uh, that I thought was very telling about her relationship. She says, oh, I gave Riley the day off, which yeah. set off some red flags for me. And Joyce caught them immediately as well. Oh, yeah. She calls her out. She's like, I don't think he thinks of you as a chore, Buffy. Because, yeah, that's actually a very dismissive way to refer to your significant other. Like, they're the help or something. Yeah. I gave him the day off. <sighs> you know, that's the kind of shit Tim Allen would say in a fucking 90s sitcom. Yeah. Or, worse yet, that's like what Al would say on... Married with Children. On Married with Children, yeah. Yeah, Al Bundy. Uh, Ed O'Neill. Even though... Ed- Surprising, ironically, Ed O'Neill is a wonderful man. So I have heard. But he <laughs> plays like the worst fucking character on TV ever. Anyway, no, I'm not going to sit here and talk shit about people with much better careers than I'll ever have. So, Especially because we want to interview a lot of those people. Yeah, I want to interview Tim Allen. Had. I'll talk shit about Tim Allen all day, oh, all day, yeah. every day. Hey, he's from our state. He's not from our he, state. He's from our city. He, oh, fuck. He, you're right. He went to fucking... Oh, he went to God. Western, bro. <sighs> right. So, like, he's from where we're from. We have fucking grounds. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's from Detroit, but he spent a good deal of time in Kalamazoo. Fuck you, Tim Allen. That being said, if you want us to interview you, we'll do it. Go fuck yourself, Tim Allen. I don't know. I'd I wouldn't him. interview him. I'd interview him. And then talk shit to his face. Okay, well, that sounds fun, too. As close to his face as a Zoom call gets. Let's do that. That yeah. sounds good. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to listen to this show, so he won't know what it's about. No. <laughs> it's not even going to get back to him. He doesn't have him. much of a career right These now. These words could never bite me in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, my favorite little bit in this scene is 
Buffy's talking about Riley and's like, oh no, he's gonna hang out with the boys and whatnot. And yeah, she plays it off like she was kidding, and she just wanted him to spend some time with his friends, and then immediately qualifies the statement with the important part, which is her priority yeah. of spending time with Joyce. Yeah, you know, it almost makes me think that Riley is onto something about Buffy not loving her. Too bad he's still a huge douche. We will get to that. We sure will, because <laughs> that's pretty much the only bad thing I'm going to say about Buffy's side of the argument yeah. the whole episode. Uh, but I did like this exchange between Buffy and, and Joyce. Uh, Buffy says, besides, I can see him anytime, and I'm sure he'll come over later looking for a little Bible study. Bible study! <laughs> yes. And Joyce replies with, well, Good. I mean, as long as the two of you are spending some quality time with Keanu. the Lord. <laughs> she said like, Keanu, Rex. That's what I, I mean, heard. She said the Lord. The Lord is Keanu. Okay, yeah. I love this bit because Buffy badly hides that they're having sex, but Joyce badly hides that she knows they're fucking <laughs> and it's just, this is a great daughter-mother conversation mm -hmm. where it's like, Joyce knows that you, Buffy and Riley are boinking. You know that she knows <laughs> yes. that she knows that you know <laughs> that you are fucking Riley. <laughs> First off, like, Buffy's an adult. Yeah. She can fuck all she wants. But, like, I just like the idea that, that Joyce isn't one of those parents that's like, no, you have to be a fucking untouched virgin till you're 40. Well, it was the 90s, Rex. That means they were progressive or something. <laughs> well, actually, no, we're well into the early 2000s at yes. this point. Like, 02 or some shit. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, season five would have been 02. Started in 97. You're right. You are correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Riley's going to know her biblically via... Our Lord and Savior, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Keanu Speed Rex. Reeves be with you. Frankly, it's ludicrous to have these interlocking bodies and not interlock. Putrefying diseases. It'll make you blind and insane, but it won't kill you. Light a bunch of candles and have sex near them. This car, I like it. Please remove your clothing now. Cut to Belize. Belize! Well, we, we learn later that it's Belize. We don't know it's Belize at the moment. Wait, no, I don't think they were in Belize. They're just talking about Belize. Okay, well, I assumed that they were in Belize because they were, they were... No, that's where they go at the end of the episode. Well, yeah. But anyway, some soldiers are doing the soldiery army thing. And hey, look, there's Grant and some unknown commander dude. Who... It was actually Graham. Oh, is it Graham? Yeah, it's Graham. Whatever, they all look the same to me. Right. <laughs> and no, they actually do all look fucking identical. Yeah. All have the same haircut. There's a type. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost it's almost like the army prefers to have jock like white men in their army. Mm-hmm. I wonder why that would be. I'm honestly not sure what you're inferring, Rex. That it's sexist as shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, Graham also, just like Grant, is completely in love with Riley and yeah. has to have him back to go uh, hunt vampires or whatever. Is demons, going. they're demons. Demons, they're demons, demons in Belize. And convinces the uh, 
uh, whatever commanding officer to also fall in love with Riley simply via recommendation. Yes. Which is impressive. I mean, I'm sure at some point the dude looks at Riley's record. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. All I know is there's a all of the codependents that Riley has come to know and love and need among these soldier dudes, and no wonder he's not happy with Buffy. Right? He doesn't know what a healthy relationship is. <laughs> no. So He's been a soldier most of his life. Of course he doesn't. Exactly. Speaking of healthy relationships, cut to Buffy's room, where Spike's <laughs> translucent iridescent skin crashes through the darkness of Buffy's bedroom like, oh, yeah. And Buffy's all, Riley, is that you? Nope. Sparkity Spike wants to show her something. I bet he does. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, no, but... Uh, <laughs> No, but really, we've got to go now. My God, are you naked under there? No, Spike, she's not fucking naked in her own room, in her own bed, at night. You know, I do have one point here. Uh, she does not live alone, and she lives with a younger sister. Probably shouldn't sleep naked. Yeah, but Dawn's staying at Xander and Riley's still. Oh, yeah. Actually, that might have been the night before. You said Xander and Riley's. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, because Xander and Riley are totally boinking. <laughs> Didn't you know that? Those two are best buds. Like I this. mean, you'd think that after this episode. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. Don's staying with Xander and Anya. Or that oh. might have been the night before. Yeah, because the hospital thing happens after the sex scene. Yeah, and we talked about that already. And then the initiative, or not the initiative, but the army, yep. army guys. Yep. And then Buffy's room at night. So yeah, yeah. she's totally sleeping naked. With her door open, maybe Dawn's over there for like several days. Maybe who knows? Anyway, yeah, I do. I do have one. I do have another quote of the day here from Buffy when Spike enters and wakes her up. Um, she says, "I just like the language of this line." She says, "Every time you show up like this, you risk all of your parts." You know that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I enjoyed that as well. So after the obligatory set of threats from Buffy that seem to get weaker and less believable every time we hear them, Spike finally convinces her that she needs to get moving and quickly, to which she gives a modest eyebrow indicating that he's not going to watch her get up nude. And methinks the boy doth protest too much. Yeah, he definitely does. Oh, and, please. And she can fucking tell. <laughs> like I give a bloody damn. I, there's yeah. no way she doesn't know. There's you, no way she doesn't know. You'd give a bloody damn, Spike. Yeah. <laughs> we all give a bloody damn. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Buffy follows Spike right into a seedy, gross, crack house looking den of vampires. Yeah. Where hard air quotes junkies are consensually being fed on by vampires. They, I mean, they do a great job of this amalgamation between like. A whorehouse and a drug den. I do believe the proper nomenclature is sex worker. It's okay. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna drop the W bomb later too. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, they Buffy drops it later. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But no. So like, it's kind of this amalgamation between a, a whorehouse and a drug den. Like it's trashy as hell. It has the they they did a good job of making it feel like that's what it was. Yeah. It looks like that bathroom from Trainspotting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Like the whole place just God, looks like The Walking Dead. I I 
I actually really love that movie, but I anytime I watch it, I oh, still have to like that movie's fucking nuts. Man. It is. It's a really good movie though. I can't believe somebody recommended that movie to me when I was in high school. <laughs> I rented it and watched it by myself and I've been traumatized ever since. Yeah, I didn't watch it till I was way into my 20s. <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> side note here, I also had a teacher recommend to me the movie Deliverance. And I was like, we should watch that in school. And they were like, oh, no, 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 we're not watching that in school. Oh, honey. No. I don't want to lose my job. I don't know why I spoke spoke like Ralph Wiggum just now, because that was like 10th or 11th grade. That's still, you want to lose your teaching job. I may have sounded like Ralph Wiggum in high school. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Glass tastes like blood. I'm an adult. That's literally the only accurate in- impression I can do. <laughs> it's uh, it's a start. It's not a bad. It's and only that line. <laughs> I got enough. I can I can kind of pull off. I'm in danger. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> the summer wind came blowing in. <laughs> That's. That's not Ralph, though. That's no the other one. I can't. It has been too long. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in, in the vampire nest, uh, vampire tries to stop the two of them from going upstairs. Uh, he gets thrown on the ground by Spike. I wanted to note that the fact that Buffy just gets up and gets dressed and follows Spike there... This shows a great deal of trust that has developed on Buffy's part towards Spike... Yeah. In general, they're practically already more of a couple than her and Riley. I mean, I I would definitely not go that far. Okay, but, maybe not. I mean, Spike has proven himself at this point a very reliable source for information, at that's, the very least. Like, that's true. There's enough of a track record that I, I can believe that he would come to her, be like, you need to see this thing, and she would like at least follow through. She's not afraid of Spike by any means. Yeah, she's and not like, afraid of Spike. She's not afraid of some creepy house. She's the fucking Slayer. Yeah. She's seen some shit. And, you know... Still, he, it's it's just kind of weird looking back on it that we've gotten to this place. Because it feels not so long ago that she was tying him up in the bathtub and just ready to stake him at any given point in time. Yeah, fair. But anyway, they get upstairs and... It's been a long road (laughs) getting from there to here. Oh my God, that fucking song. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. All right, I'm done. (laughs) Anyway, they get upstairs of the... the, I would have uh, interrupted you and kept going with the song, but I couldn't remember any more lyrics. So you had to interrupt me to explain that. I did. That's some very me energy there. (laughs) It's been a long song. Making up lyrics now. They get upstairs. But my time is gone. And Buffy enters the room where Riley is and sees Riley getting fed on by a vampire. And he's even like harder. (laughs) <laughs> like telling her to bite him harder. Uh, yeah, quarter of the day here, Riley says, I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what he's doing, though. <laughs> How amazing. 
using would it have been? Like this big dramatic moment, and he he looks directly eye contact with the camera and perfectly pulls off a Ralph Wickham. I'm in danger. I'm in danger. That would have been fucking fantastic. <laughs> oh well. Um, By the way, that would be something that you'd see like early days Family Guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> when Family Guy was good. <laughs> you know, even when Family Guy's bad, I still don't mind watching it. Before it went off the air the first time, it was great. After it came back, I didn't like it. All right. Well, you're a bad person. Yeah. So I, mean, uh, I know that. That's why I repent to Keanu Reeves on a regular basis. Excellent. <laughs> He will absolve me of my all my sins. That is not an inaccurate statement. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Riley gets caught uh, with a vamp chick giving him an arm job. He's in danger. Yeah. And uh, as one might expect, Buffy is aghast and <laughs> runs off as Riley calls after her. Spike absolutely floods the western seaboard with sarcasm on this next quote of the day. <laughs> we only came here because we care about you, friends. <laughs> You need help. <laughs> and we were filled with joy. You know he did that just to twist the knife. Oh, absolutely. It's so good. Flooding the western seaboard yeah. with sarcasm. And yes. then, so he steps out, Buffy like pauses in the hall, and Spike is just like, I, I thought you should know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, you did this for her benefit, and not yours. Completely. Well, well, the fun part about it is he's technically not wrong no he did the right thing he did the right regardless thing, regardless of his motivations i can't get behind that because <laughs> i'm a firm believer that motivations do matter oh i'm not saying they don't i'm just saying regardless of them he did the right thing yeah <sighs> the ends does not justify the means <laughs> but I, I don't think that applies here what other means are there i mean he told her something that she legitimately needed to know. Right. He did he, the right thing. But he... It doesn't make him a good person. He still has ulterior motives. And that's just what makes the situation fascinating. That's I mean, all I'm saying. Okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. He's still a shit douchebag uh, with yes. no soul. Yes. But he's also still the funnest character on the show. You're not wrong. <laughs> Anyway, so she storms off. The doorman dude gets thrown down again. Um, <laughs> again. Both Spike and Buffy leave, and then Riley comes stomping down the, the stairs, you know, getting his clothes on. He gets a bunch of flack from the vampires, mm -hmm. and they're like, did you bring the Slayer around? We're angry about that. And fucking, man, that doorman sucks at his job because he didn't <laughs> stop anyone from coming in that wasn't supposed to be there. And then on top of that, like, He's just taken out by one punch by a normal dude. I wouldn't call Riley normal. Uh, he's, he's still human, He's not though. supernatural, and he's no longer uh, technologically augmented. And he's had blood taken out of him, so he's probably, like, weak as a kitten. Oh, right? And th this vamp gets clobbered by Riley, who's, like, you know, just donated blood. And even Spike comments on that only moments later. Well, a couple scenes later, anyway. Yeah, but like the this dude sucks at his job. Just saying, he absolutely does. <laughs> I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you, Mom. I can stand in the hallway, right? 
friend Sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue. Cut to Riley's house where uh, he gets a little visit from his old army boys. And they're like, hey, we want you to go to Belize. It's a party tomorrow night, midnight or not at all. And uh, it's they're specifically not the initiative now. And somehow also not government, but they are army. Did you hear my question mark there? Yeah, I get what he's saying. Call this, me crazy. This isn't, this isn't them working for the government. This is them just, this is a, hey, we're going to go kill things. There's Pre- no politics behind it. We're just going to sure go kill the things. the army is run by the government. I mean, yes, but the point I think this dude, soldier, guy, commander, whatever, is making is that this isn't a political thing. This is just a, we're going to go kill things. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But it's a poor distinction. I, well, yeah. Yeah. They're also soldiers. It's, and like they're brainwashed. Yeah. So it's also a twenty-year-old te- television, right? Teen drama. <laughs> so I guess I shouldn't be too hard on them. As he says in the end of the scene, he's like, "It's high risk, low pay, and seriously messy." Mm. You know, you don't mm. need brains for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what Riley needs. I mean, high risk, low pay, and seriously messy. Mm. That's food service, right? <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> you think killing demons is bad? Wait on tables and work in a kitchen. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Dude, I worked in a kitchen for five whole months and I've never worked in food service again. Good call. <laughs> I thought so too. I I've wasted a couple more years of my life than that in food service, but thankfully I finally got the fuck out. Cut to the magic shop. Yes. Where Anya does some uh, Anya-like things. But first, we get another quote of the day. Uh, see, this is where I had to go hog wild, and I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know well, how I'm going to pull it off. I'm but... only... You can pull all the lines from this scene you want, as long as I can read off the very first opening line from Giles. Oh, please do. He says, And so it begins. No longer a victim of crass holiday commercialism. I'm the purveyor of it. Bam! Yeah. Welcome to retail, bitches. Absolutely. I say fuck context. Let's just rapid fire all the punchlines from this scene and just fucking laugh at them anyway. Because this whole scene is nothing but a straight three goddamn minutes of pure Buffy speak repartee. It is, though. So one down next. It's like candy. Oh, who ordered more chicken's feet? (laughs) The ones we have aren't moving at all. Xander responds, that's generally what happens when you cut them off the chicken. Bam, that's two. (laughs) Anya, free chicken's foot with every purchase. Ah, yes, Mary Tykes by the fire enjoying their new Christmas. Chicken feet. (laughs) Willow joins in the teasing, holding them tight as they fall asleep, painting their little toenails. Oh, shots fired. Bam, that's three. Anya calls back. She says, you know, if it wasn't for me, Giles would be a terrified old man staring at a quarterly tax statement and wetting himself. Bazinga! Oh, God, don't do bazinga. I bazinga! Hate Giles responds, I say that's an exaggeration. Bam! That's a point for Giles, because yeah. he is Giles. <laughs> Willis says, hey, I help out a lot, too. Yeah, I forgot about all the vigorous sitting around. Ouch! Bam! Xander points out that, hey, you're paid and she's volunteering, and Anya replies with, Thanks for making time in your busy life to come in here and get in the way of mine. Oh, damn! It's like fucking watching an episode of Jerry fucking Springer. I mean, 
It's way more intelligent than that. It is. <laughs> that's that's not inaccurate. All right. Xander calms shit down finally by telling Anya to play nice. Yes. Anya says, fine, take her side. I'm the one who sleeps with you and feeds you and bathes you. And Willow's like, wait, she bathes you? Only in an erotic <laughs> penthousey way. Not in a sponge bathy geriatric story. Giles says, please stop. I beg of you. <laughs> Yeah, and that's... Oh, God. And there it goes. Out of my life forever. (sighs) Quite possibly the most rapid-fire, I-didn't-know-what-to-do-with-it scene of my life from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, it was good. Oh, it's so good. I needed a moment to catch my breath. It was (sighs) a cavalcade of sassy firecrackery from Anya, and uh, I'm I'm just all (laughs) aflutter. And you know what? I'm on Anya's side. Oh, absolutely. For the most part. Yeah. She is here to do a fucking job and she does it well, mind you. Yeah. This retail is no fucking joke. This shit started with Giles and Willow making fun of her. Yeah. For making a legitimately good suggestion to get rid of overstock. Yeah. And to uh, be festive. I don't care if it's chicken's feet. Right. Like fuck off. Fuck, fuck, fuck off! <laughs> we both heard it at the same time. Yep. We did. <laughs> the moment you said it, I'm like, oh god, here comes the chicken noises. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Son of a bitch. That's in my head forever now. Anytime I hear someone say fuck off, I'm gonna hear fuck off! Welcome to my life. Welcome to Inside Josh's Head. Oh, God. Fuck, fuck, fuck off! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and so enters Angry Buffy. It's it's pretty much just a combination of that and someone's in the kitchen with Diana. Someone's in the kitchen, I know. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Anyway, enter Angry Buffy. Uh, She gives info on the vamp nest and how people are paying to be bitten. Yeah. Buffy, saving the day, busting down the door to save us all from this fucking unending wit. But uh, yeah, she needs info on vamp nests where people pay to get bitten. Yeah, Anya points out that this is something that's actually been going on for centuries. And then Gile knows about it. Yeah. Oh, 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 the wit's not over yet. Bring it up from the rear. We got Xander here. <laughs> now I know what to get for the person who has everything. Bam! Yeah. Okay. That, that is high class Xander peanut gallery wit right it there. It absolutely is. Now we're done. Oh, okay, I'm done now. It's good. It's, that was everything. But yeah, Giles actually already knows about this practice and like a drug to these people. And Buffy is peeved that Giles knows about it, but didn't tell her about it. And he's like, well, I didn't know it was happening here. Yeah. Like, and then we just, we get this whole fucking scene that, that finally goes back to normal expository dialogue where they all explain things in a way that both moves the plot forward and fills it in. And those pesky, wait, a, wait a second, Rex, they're in a store. Yes. And they're discussing plot things. Sorry, false alarm. So Anya explains (laughs) that this has been going on for centuries. Vampires, money, blood, and they don't leave any bodies. Ergo, they don't get hunted. 
Uh, it sounds like win-win-win to me. It kind of is. You know, like... G- Giles explains that it's addictive, like you were saying, uh, extremely dangerous due to accidental deaths, and of course, there are vampires who don't play by the rules. It's almost like they're demonic murderers by nature. It's almost like they need to stop by for a free chicken's foot at the Plothole Emporium! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Rex, to the Plothole Emporium! Have you ever wanted to get rid of a boring character so bad that you were willing to do anything? Keanu knows that the writers of Buffy the Vampire Slayer have. And boy, howdy, were we right up in their dark, shitty pooters helping them navigate their own colons right out into the airwaves and into your bright, innocent little pink eyes. Oh my god. I said to them, I said, I says, can I interest you in a goddamn ridiculous drug and sex worker metaphor all rolled up into one? But wait, there's more. How about you spend half a season or so making your straight edge little golden boy jerk around the main protagonist and then make him fall off his imaginary wagon into a land of drug whores manifested as vampires. That's right. You heard me. Vampires. What could scream sad boy cishet white privilege more than my Super smart, strong, important, independent, hot girlfriend isn't codependent enough, and I'm bored, emasculated, and emotionally threatened. So excuse me while I turn to the one thing we were both sworn to destroy indiscriminately and use it to literally suck me dry. Gee golly willikers, job well done. You've got your protagonist (laughs) all in a tizzy, just like that. And off on a half-cocked war on drug whore vampires, because killing them is her job description, except when she's dating one and when they are useful in some way. Oh, (laughs) fuck. Now that you've made proper use of our services here at the Plot Hole Emporium, you'll be the talk of the town as you shoehorn this uninteresting little prat back off into his little (laughs) soldier boy nonsense anywhere that's not here, so we can all get back to what's important, and that's boinking the plot out of all of our holes. You pretty much just covered the last of the episode with that. I know. (laughs) God damn. I went a little, uh... Hog wild? A little hog wild with that one. <laughs> been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. Oh, fuck. Oh, my guts hurt. <laughs> I honestly didn't think you were going to try and pull a, po- a plot hole emporium when you're like, oh, false alarm. <laughs> and then I, I let my guard down. <laughs> false alarm was my favorite part. <laughs> I let my guard down, man. Oh, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> so... <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah so Buffy says that I'm gonna go kill the nest and rushes off and uh, tells the rest of the Scoobies that either you can join me as backup or you can stay here I don't fucking care or they can suck her dry hairy slayer dick that is correct and then Anya closes the scene with another quip have a nice day don't get killed <laughs> hey Oh, classic Anya. And that's just good advice. It is. Have a nice day. Don't get Don't killed. Don't get killed. Yeah. I I can That is that is positivity that I can back up. Like, absolutely. I'm going to start saying that to everybody. Yeah. Have a nice day. Don't get killed. They won't ever possibly get suspicious of anything. <laughs> Cut to Vampire Crack House. I think your problem with them getting suspicious is the fact that you have resting sarcastic face. Oh, yeah, that's a problem. 
it. Hmm. <laughs> I think I think it wouldn't work out for you. <clears throat> I mean, that's just a good assumption anyway. Yeah. There's a great deal of myth about Dracula. Imagine the trick to defeating him lies in separating the fact from the fiction. What kind of an unholy creature fancies cheap, tasteless statuary? Cut back to Vampire Crack House, where yep. all the vampires are gone. Yep, the place is empty, and, you know, the gang still is not really getting why the fuck Buffy is quite so gung-ho. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, one of them should ask. Meh. But they don't. That's not interesting enough. No, so she's so angry, in fact, that she burns the place to the fucking ground. Yeah, there just happens to be this still-lit camp stove or whatever the fuck it is in the middle of the living room or whatever you want to call it. You know, set set the building on fire, Buffy. Set set the building that is downtown near other buildings on fire. Ablaze. And, uh, you know, don't call 911 or anything. Just let it burn. And when the neighbors burn up, too, that's on them for being next to a vampire nest. My favorite part was how everybody else just kind of watched. Right. (laughs) And they were like, well, that's fucked up. And I'm like, Giles, you're standing in a quickly burning house. Right. Maybe leave. They all have this look on their face of like, oh, the building's on fire now. Huh. Buffy's really pissed. <laughs> they don't care Damn. that the house is on fire. <laughs> and then they, they just casually walk out. Every one of them. Just like, fuck it. And they, they're not the least bit worried that maybe there's somebody out on the street who sees them leave and like walking away from a burning building. Yeah, they're basically superheroes <laughs> at this point. They fucking own Sunnydale. Right. They killed the mayor. Sorry, Harry. Right. Yeah, what are you going to do? We miss you, man. Why did he eat Armin <laughs> Shimmerman? I'm going to get that interview with Armin Shimmerman, and we're going to fucking ask. Right. How did it feel to be in the belly of your best friend? Yeah. That's a level of intimacy <laughs> that not a lot of people get to say. Oh. I And then I think it would be tacky to then bring up Rene Abrahanos because he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, side tangent. All right. Let's not, if we do ever get to interview Armin Shimmerman, let's not talk about the uh, Quark and Odo jokes. Oh, that'd be the best part. <laughs> I think he'd love it. Actually, I think we'd creep him out and he'd be like, uh, sorry, I have a bad connection. Can you... <laughs> uh, we can see you, Armin. <laughs> Next thing we know, we see the fucking camera like flying out a window. <laughs> Just picks up his computer and throws it out the window. He can afford another one. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, cut to Spike's crypt. Yeah, where Riley's all like, how dare you? How dare you tell on me when I'm doing something wrong? It's none of your business that I was doing bad wrong things. He does give a good line here. He grabs up Spike and he's like, be reasonable. And Riley's like, you may have noticed, Spike. I left reasonable about three exits back. Yeah, that was a fun one. (laughs) It's like, at least he knows he's unhinged, Mm -hmm. you know. 
good that a plus for self-awareness and then he stabs him in the chest with what appears to be a wooden stake and dramatic cut to commercial and <laughs> I found this notable because I remember my first time around watching this going, oh, hell no. Right. No way. No way did they just fucking kill Spike. But the fact that they cut to commercial, I was like, no, but actually there's no way that they just killed Spike. How are yeah. they going to get around this shit? Oh, turns out it is plastic wood grain. Yep. Looks really real, doesn't it? No. Why? I just want to know... Why doesn't Riley kill Spike? Yeah. From a standpoint of, like, people running the show, obviously Riley's leaving the show, Spike is staying, whatever, we know that. But from a storytelling standpoint, from the character that they have written, the sequence of events that have gotten them to this moment, there is no fucking way that Riley doesn't off Spike right now. Yeah, they'd have been far better off just having... Riley not blame Spike and accept yeah. that his own actions are the real problem here. Yeah, like I get they wanted to have this scene because they, they want these two characters who are pining after the same woman, you know, they want that juxtaposition. I get that. But like, it doesn't make sense to me on any level of what they've written to this point that he doesn't just kill Spike at this moment. Well... I think he's so steeped in toxic masculinity. Here, I'm going to legitimately try to explain it away canonically. Awesome. He, I, 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 yes, please. He's so steeped in his own toxic masculinity that he can't admit it's for the same reason that he can't just call up Xander and go hang out. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he resents Spike because he's a vampire, oh. but he still has lingering respect for Spike. He still likes Spike, but he can't admit that he likes Spike because he's a vampire right. or it would come off gay or something. And there is the aspect of if he kills Spike, Buffy might be pissed about that. It, and like Buffy might be rather put out because he is a valuable source of information to the Scooby gang. Also, he knows that Spike's not the problem here. But he's just acting out and he needs somebody else to blame and beat up because he can't process his fucking emotions properly. Okay. But he has enough self-control that he would rather dominate Spike than kill him. Once he kills Spike, the fun's over. Yeah. You're right in the point that this is about dominate. This is about big dick energy. Yeah. This is Riley going, big dick boy. I have the bigger dick. Yeah. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and if he kills Spike, then he's got nothing left to do but sit there and man up and take responsibility for his yeah. own actions. No? Oh, okay. You have convinced me with that angle, it does make sense that he didn't kill Spike. Hey! And uh, that... Congratulations. Thank you very much. And that really fits his character with how emotionally stunted and insecure and immature yeah. he is. Yeah, that... that Excellent. So yeah, basically they there's some back and forth um, with some taunting and shit. Yeah, I had um, a couple of lines that I liked here. Uh, Spike says, "Even if I wasn't in the picture, you're never gonna be able to hold on to her." <clears throat> I I really enjoyed Riley's line here. Maybe I didn't almost kill you enough. <laughs> that was a good one. Spike replies, "Come on, you're not the long haul guy, and you know it. You know it, or else you wouldn't be getting suck jobs from two bit vampire trolls." 
And then everything else came out like wah, 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 wah yeah. to well, me. Hold on, though. Well, the last... I will not hold on, but please take it from here. So Spike says to, to Riley, Sometimes I envy you so much it chokes me. And sometimes I think I got the better deal. To be that close to her and not have her. To be all alone even when you're holding her. Feeling her beneath you. Surrounding you. The scent. No, you got the better deal. The reason I want to read that is this is written in a manner that like this is textbook Hollywood love. Oh yeah. This is fucking not love. This is obsession and this is bad. Yeah. Like this is lust. It, it's so much worse than lust. Mm. I lust is a part of it. He's not in love with Buffy. He wants to have Buffy. It's uh, possession. Yeah. Like he is obsessed with her. He is not in love with her. And I I just want to fucking press that because like he never really stops doing that. Hmm. Like even after he gets his soul. This is not good. Maybe that's this why this is it, bad. That's that must be why it all came out as Charlie Brown adults to me. I was like, like this is a great example of the toxicity of how we were raised and how 90s kids cis males approach relationships. Yeah. Like this right here fucking fully encompasses it because this is presented in a way like oh this person's in love with her yeah no he's not he's this is fucking wrong our parents were off busy making a living and we're off busy having no fucking reference for our emotional growth exactly and so we reference tv shows and this is the kind of shit that made nice guys Exactly. You wonder why there's so many fucking nice guys out there and why literally every man, almost literally every man, hits on every attractive woman he ever sees? Why women are so sick of being hit on that they just cannot be talked to by a stranger without probably correctly assuming that he's hitting on her? Shit like this. Yep. Exactly. And, like, this episode is so steeped in it, but that line especially is, like, that is not love. That is not how love works. Yeah. So, yeah. Soapbox. Yep. Set aside for the moment. (laughs) Cut to- We'll get back to it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Keeping it handy. Okay, so we cut to the training room plus magic box. Buffy's beating the shit out of the heavy bag. What? No. Telling you, Buffy, that is just not how you deal with your anger. Oh, sure it is. So no, it isn't. I mean, it's fine. Take it from someone who has a fucking disorder. Everything's just fine. <laughs> so Xander and Anya are chatting it up in the shop. Anya's like, "Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're overreacting. I mean, who hasn't done stuff like that from time to time? I mean, I made this one guy spontaneously combust, and he set his whole village on fire." <laughs> And a solid reference to yeah. Xander telling her about Buffy burning the house yep. down. And Xander says, here's my quote of the day. Can you stop being scary for a minute and listen to what I'm trying to tell you? <laughs> I Okay, I'm, I'm drunk. You, you take the rest of the episode from here, Rex. <laughs> In comes Riley, who asks them to leave. And, you know, they do. <laughs> right? What's that about? They don't, they don't even, like... Anya... I really expected Anya to be like, no, 
bitch, I work here. Yeah. I he, have shit to do. He wants them to leave so that he can talk to Buffy in private. And I mean, I th- was pretty sure the training room was pretty private, but sometimes you just got to have the whole fucking building to yourself. Am right. I right? Yeah. Am I right or I mean, am I right? Am I right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Anya and... Xander leave. Uh, Anya wants to have the sex. Capades, if yes. you will. Um, and Xander's and, and, like, no. And not just reference them, but right. actually have them. Yes. And then... Uh, That's something I can get on board with. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, with you, Rex. That'd be weird. No. No. That, definitely not. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We're just not into each other. That's correct. <laughs> no, so... That's my favorite thing about you, Rex. <laughs> <laughs> that you're not into me. Yeah, that. or inside of me. Yeah. Again, things that make you go blah. <laughs> Again, it's a level of inti- intimacy that most friends never yeah. get to experience. Anyway, <laughs> Xander is like, "No, we can't do the sex right now. I have things I got to get done." You want me to do the sex <sighs> to you? God. Can we just get through this? No, a little faster. No. <laughs> You go on. I'm I'm really starting to enjoy this. I I forgot about this dynamic where you try to push things forward and I interrupt you. I will always be here for you. And you've got Mr. Giles and your friends. Believe me. There's nothing to be afraid of. to the training room where Riley wants to talk and Buffy isn't ready to talk and god damn it just respect that she is feeling emotional I know and maybe this is not the time to have a big serious talk what but he has to cause he's gonna leave in like a, a couple of hours or... and whose fault is that it's fucking his own definitely exactly yeah um <laughs> and the whole fucking conversation and like it was borderline dramatic reading territory, but, like, not quite. World's shortest dramatic reading. Uh, there you go. They made me feel something, Buffy. And I don't? Then I guess we have a problem. The army wants me back. So get over it now or you're leaving? No. But yes. Okay, thanks, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! That's exactly it. That's the whole, like, ten-minute fucking scene. Oh, God. I get that he wants to go do the army thing and that he has to leave right the fuck now, but why didn't he then just leave? Like, why why fuck? Well, about two sentences later, that's what he does. Yeah. But it's up to you to tell me that I can't. This has that whole fucking energy of, like, look, I get unrequited love sucks to experience. I've been in love with people who just didn't even fucking know I existed. It sucks. It can be very hurtful to yourself to have those feelings and not be able to know what to do with them. That being said, being in love with somebody is not anything. It's not Disney. Like, if you are in love with someone, they owe you fucking nothing. Also that nothing also this isn't unrequited love right she's simply currently not in a position to reciprocate it the way that he would like exactly and the whole fucking conversation here 
hey, dickbag Riley, if you had maybe three or four months ago brought this up before all the shit hit the fan, when you had the time to have this discussion and the emotions were not super high through the fucking roof, you could have fucking worked this out. Hey, I'm not really getting the feedback from our relationship that I, I, I feel I need. And she could be like, oh, you know what? I do really care about you and I want you to feel appreciated in our relationship and work fucking through it. But no, you had <laughs> to fucking just shut the hell up and be like, no, I need to be dark and broody. <laughs> You're not wrong. I think it's important that we make the distinction here that, yeah, it's easy to sit back and talk about this shit like it's real life and point out all the things that they're doing wrong. But if we're approaching this from the standpoint of we're reviewing a television show, drama is a good thing. However, this drama is problematic. Yes. Because they're legitimately trying to convince us, the viewers, the fans of the show, to empathize with Riley over this situation. Exactly. And that makes me sick to my fucking stomach. Exactly. Because he's wrong. Outrageously wrong. And like, <laughs> the whole fucking rest of the episode is about sad piano. Oh, feel bad for Riley. You, no, fuck Riley. You know who else is about to be wrong? Very, very wrong. Xander? Xander. <laughs> yeah. So, Including about himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we'll get to that. God damn it. There's a whole nother scene that we have to deal with. There is. So we're in an alleyway, and there's yes. crack vamps ganging up on Buffy, and uh, Buffy fucks them up, and man, she should just always carry no. a double-ended <laughs> sharpened walking stick. I have two things to say about this scene. Uh, number one, it's seven vamps, and boy, howdy, guys, did you pick up? Bad night. Boy, howdy, did they? <laughs> and secondly, who was the fucking vampire who's thought, you know what I'm going to bring to this fight? A long, sharpened wooden stick. <laughs> I thought she just, like, found that in the alleyway. No, one of the vampires had it in his hand. Whoops. She took it from him. I'm going to go fuck someone up. And you know what? I'm going to bring the one thing that she needs to murder me. There's an excellent quote <laughs> from Cobra Kai from their most recent season where they're starting to learn weapons now. Ooh, I got to catch up on that. I haven't I haven't caught the most recent season. Okay, well, I'm about to ruin a quote for you. Uh, you're I'm, fine. I'm sorry. You're fine. Um, <laughs> they hand one of the kids size and he says, you realize you've just exponentially increased the odds of me getting stabbed, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There is no way that, that that bringing a weapon to fight the Slayer is smart. No. It's just not smart. It, but it's especially not Unless smart. Unless they're guns. Right. Like, if you were a vampire, bring a gun. And that's fine. Don't announce your presence. Exactly. Just yeah. beat her up. <laughs> uh, no, but no. How to beat up a woman in an alley. 101 on Beer with Buffy. <laughs> We're the feminist podcast. But yeah, she, obviously, she, she doesn't even fucking break stride, man. No. Like, this- no, she warned, she tried to warn them. She was yeah. like, don't, don't. This is stupid. For your own good, I warn you. And then they're all dead. Yeah. 
And uh, oh my God, the ending of the, I not only was it amazing watching her go boom, 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 dust, 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 yeah. and then there's he, she recognizes the vampire that was sucking on Riley's arm, and she looks scared and frightened, and she has this wonderful moment of sympathy and empathy for this. I want to call her a woman, but this female vampire. She's not human, you know. Right. And she looks scared and downtrodden and the same way that you would feel sorry for some some woman that you see on the street who's methed out. But also, you're not going to touch that with an 80-foot stick because that's problems that you don't want anything to do with. Yeah. So she decides to just let her go, but then changes her mind. The, the line that come that comes to mind to me is they put up a little flag to give you fucking hope. <laughs> <laughs> so you do this one time. <laughs> no. <laughs> 18 fucking times. All right. <laughs> but no, I, I don't think that she had any sense of empathy for this vampire. No, she wanted to give the vampire hope and then fucking smash it. Um, that's, that's an interesting hot take on that. I'm going to be using that term a lot more. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. Um, that's an interesting hot cake. <laughs> I, mm, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> I think she simply changed her mind and didn't care that this woman was already there's nothing in 200 her. feet away from her she was like i'm gonna javelinch this into her heart anyway there's nothing in this scene in in her face and sarah michelle geller is a good enough fucking actress to be able to convey all this there's nothing in this scene that tells me for a fucking second that she actually let started to think that she was gonna let the vampire go not even a bit. I, mm. I think that she let the vampire run and then killed her from a distance because that gave her a bit more satisfaction of the kill. That's it. That I think that was her entire fucking motive. There's nothing in her body language or face that tells me for a second that she actually was like remotely legitimately thinking that she was going to let this. So it wasn't go. sympathy or empathy. It was her own pain causing her to stall. She wanted to express, think it was a calculated maneuver. It was she wanted to express the pain that she is feeling by getting a little bit more vindictive with that kill. I am going to propose that it is some sort of weird amalgamation of both of our takes of both of our hot cakes. <laughs> so as long as we're using real maple syrup, I can get on board with that. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> okay. So Xander is there. Xander. Apparently. Where did you come from, Xander? Aren't you supposed to be boinking on you? Yeah. Like you guys. He could be. He should be. We were totally supposed but to be boinking not. on you. <laughs> but now we're in an alleyway. <laughs> the the rest of this scene basically follows up where xander is like you know he loves you he's a good guy you owe him a relationship you should fucking go get him because he's a good guy and he is good for you i did have a legitimate quote of the day from xander i was gonna give you a hand but then i saw that you grew a few extras <laughs> anyway, no, back to Xander being a piece of shit, but sounding all kinds of high and mighty. And like, 
he had me going for a second. Was, I was, was like, a brief moment. Maybe I was, was wrong about moment. Riley all this time, and then I stopped and thought about it, and I'm like, wow, no, you're a piece of shit. And like he he talks about her treating Riley like he's a rebound guy, and it's like bullshit. She was in the relationship, fully in the relationship, and the fucking entire reason that this shit's falling apart is all on Riley, a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Yeah, like, it, yeah, and I like, mean, okay, yeah, maybe she on some level should have noticed that something was up with Riley, but I don't know. Maybe her mother was fucking dying. I know you've already covered this, but the red flags start with Ugh. he follows her into the abandoned warehouse that she ducks into to avoid talking to him. Right. He follows her so that he can continue to try to make her talk to him. Yep. Boy, howdy. This man certainly is secure in his attachment to this woman, considering how murderous she clearly is right now. (laughs) So that's all the good things I have to say about Xander right now. Yeah. Um, That's about it. That is about it. Uh, So his, because his plan is to blame Buffy for treating Riley like a convenience and spitefully letting him go just because she doesn't like ultimatums. Maybe a a healthy relationship with a person that's worth your time, they wouldn't give you an ultimatum. Yeah, for starters. So (laughs) it feels like Xander's making good points, but that doesn't mean that. Any of this is on Buffy. Her mom just got out of brain surgery. And she just found out her sister is some kind of interloper ball of energy with the power to destroy the planet. But she's also innocent and needs to be protected. And and maybe on top of that, she's the fucking slayer and has a big, important job. Yeah, she better get a hold of her fucking emotions right now and make a decision. Because Riley wants to fuck off with the army if she doesn't. Fuck him. Let him go. But no, but no. Somehow she's actually fucking convinced by this bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, the tail end of the scene is basically Xander going, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. (laughs) Yeah. And so she takes off to get to the chopper. She does. She's running through the streets and Riley's standing by the chopper waiting. And then he's not waiting anymore and he gets in the chopper and it starts to fly away just as she runs up and sad piano. Yeah. Uh, Buffy run. Buffy yell. Riley douche. Yep. I think he heard her, but he wasn't looking out of spite. You know, if if he actually didn't look at her out of spite and he left like out of spite... Well, at least he's done one good thing. He fucked off. Yeah. He finally said, fuck this, I'm out. Can I just point out that uh, a season ago, we were like, oh, why all the Riley hate? I know, right? (laughs) This is really good writing. Am I hope? Because I hate this fucker. Yeah. (laughs) I I hope M from Verbal Diorama is listening. Yeah. Because we get it now. Yeah. You told us, and we were just like, I can't possibly imagine how we could ever dislike this fella. <laughs> he's such a stand-up fella. Yeah, he's he's such a he's such a nice guy. I just want to buy him a beer. <laughs> and give him a, a nice manly pat on the back. But only three pats. <laughs> Here's how it goes. I'm not gay. That's what the three yeah. pats mean. <laughs> Uh, the last scene on in this episode is uh, Xander expressing his love for Anya. And you know what? Like, I believe it. 
Oh, yeah. Like, this is solid. He won me back. Like, all yeah, the douchey like, shit that he pulled with Buffy just now. Uh, this uh, was... He he just... Strangely, he, in complete juxtaposition, yeah. his best fucking screen moment. It was. Yeah. No, because he, he expresses the, a full fucking platter of look, Anya... Like, I know that I haven't expressed this well, but here is how I feel about you. This is how you make me feel. Our relationship is super important to me. This matters a fuck ton. It's a fantastic payoff because it was by design that the whole episode we were on Anya's side. Yeah. Going, man, she's really catching a lot of shit right now when she's kind of right, though. And that's what this was all building up to. The vindication of her finally getting what she deserved. And not Buffy, though. (laughs) Buffy (laughs) just gets fucked left and right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That poor girl. Um, (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, it ends with sad piano. Yeah, sad piano. We're at Buffy's house. Buffy sulks home, gets halfway up the stairs, and just sits down and cries. Yep. Cut back to the helicopter where Riley dead-faced, just mopes off of the show forever, leaving Buffy wide open for the spikety spike. Because he's not problematic or anything. Right. <laughs> we'll get there. What? <laughs> arg Ger fucking arg What were you going to say? We're not done with that one yet. <laughs> oh my, no. Is this for me? must be ready. I need my strength, strength. Give, 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 give me more! Night, I shall give, walk give, in here. Hold on. You've got something here. Yeah. How'd you uh, feel about this episode, Rex? I actually loved this episode. Yeah? Despite all the toxicity, the pacing of the episode was fucking spot on. Like, it didn't drag to me at all. Like it, like there was, there was at no point in contrast to the last episode of Angel we did, where it was all this back and forth drama shit, but it dragged the fuck on. This did not drag on. The real high drama, you know, will they, won't they bullshit conversations in this didn't like last for an entire scene extra. Right. This did a very similar kind of setup and episode as to the last episode of Angel, and it just did it fucking flawlessly i mm. thought is perfect i i had trouble taking notes for this episode because i just wanted to keep watching yes yeah yes the and that whenever i'm watching one of these and i i just really don't feel like pausing it to write shit down that tells me the pacing is fucking solid yeah because it just it grabs you by the fucking collar and it's like no let's go and then i was able to stop go back and remember everything well enough yep to take notes and get everything that was important in an organized enough manner to come back and give you such gems as you may or may not recall the plot hole emporium yeah. <laughs> well like one of the things that the reason why i feel that this episode pulled it off this setup a lot better than the last episode of angel is the fact that this episode is written for us to fucking hate Riley. Like, we are supposed to hate Riley at the yeah, end of this. Yeah, they, they like, do not leave us wanting more. <laughs> no, like, we are, we are, we are... Hey, you know that old 
Show business adage. Fuck it. Yep. Breaking the rules. Yep. Because we're we're done with Riley. He's fucked off. It's done. This is the closing remarks of that. And it's not drawn out any further than it needs to be. And it was fucking satisfying. Yeah. This was a damn good episode. How'd you feel? Eh, I've had better. (laughs) I'm legitimately drunk. (laughs) I'm surprised. Yeah, you drank half a bottle of that wine. I'm surprised that I've maintained as much lucidity as I have for the last part of the episode. Before you run out of that, that lucidity, do you happen to have a quote of the day? Maybe. Give me moments, darling. <laughs> hmm. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter U. <laughs> For unprepared? For unpreparedness. <laughs> that is correct. I mean, we often have to look up quotes. I'm going to go with one of the lines from the magic shop. Willow says, she baits you? Xander says, <laughs> only an erotic penthousey way. Not in a sponge bathy geriatric sort of please stop, I beg of you. <laughs> Giles is the yeah. is the quote of the day. That's my Oh the, like the timing of just that oh god. <laughs> <laughs> What's your quote of the day, Rex? I'm gonna go with Buffy's reply to or Buffy's response to Spike entering her bedroom where she says, every time you show up like this, you risk all of your parts. You know that? Yeah. Mostly I'm picking this because I love lines written that way. This line to me reads in the same kind of manner of uh, Ron Swanson's line of like, I want you to bring me all of your bacon and eggs. (laughs) As the man turns away, he says, excuse me. What I what I think you heard was bring me a lot of bacon and eggs. What I said was bring me all of your bacon and eggs <laughs> or all of the bacon you have. All of the bacon and eggs you have. Yeah. And that like, was one of Ron Swanson's best yes, moments. But this line has that same kind of structure to it. I don't know why I love that. Yeah. But just there's something about that that just honestly all of Buffy has that kind of tone to it and that's why I love all these lines but this this is like pure distilled distilled pure distilled Buffy. Sure, absolutely. You know, I think a lot of the Buffy speak that we get out of the show that's so heralded and iconic of the show is really just kind of how they talk in California. Maybe and I'm not just bandying that about. I've been listening to a podcast where one or two of them are from Michigan, but they live in California. So I can both relate to them, but also recognize the differences in them. And they say a lot of things that sound like it would come from Buffy, but I can tell it's just a cultural idiosyncrasy hmm. of the area they live in. Maybe. Maybe it is. I don't care. I fucking love it. You got a boner for California, and that's uh, you know, okay. And Yeah, that's okay. That's I okay. forgive you. So, this has been another episode of Beer with Buffy. Oh, yeah, it's your outro. Yeah. Cool. That's fantastic. I'm uh, going to sit back and let you do that. <laughs> don't forget to like us on Facebook. Join our Facebook group where we, you know, we get to have fun interactions with our fans. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, I haven't been on Twitter much, but I think we're doing stuff on twitter still right right sure yeah 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 i retweet things occasionally yeah 
Uh, <laughs> if you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so a number of ways. You can do you can do that on Facebook and Twitter, but you can also email us, beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can send us a text or give us a voicemail. The number is 269-743-0783. If you would like to support us, you can do so in a myriad of ways. You could give us a review on iTunes. And hey, you'll get a free sticker definitely if you review us on iTunes and make sure we have the information to get a hold of you. Because for another two weeks, you could still be entered into a drawing to win the grand prize. A free Beer with Buffy hoodie. Yes. Yes. That. Yes. And it's going to be the deluxe hoodie that is the joint logo of Beer with Buffy and Ale with Angel. Ooh. Yeah. Which isn't even currently on the fucking store at the moment. Bam! That's exclusive. Yeah, so you'll get it first. Um, Fuck a doodle do, Rex. Yeah. Uh, if you. Oh would- my god, that should be the chest patch. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can do that, but if I can, I don't know that I want to put that language on on. I was thinking that would like wear. a chicken getting fucked. You know what? I'm drunk. Yeah. I shouldn't be talking anymore. <laughs> anyway, if you would like to buy some of our merch, you can do that at beerwithbuffy.com slash shop. If you would like to support us directly, you can do so on our Patreon at patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. And as always, thank you so much to JJ Treadway for our transition and opening music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And you're drunk. Fuck off! done why are we watching this